If you have your Bible, I hope you'll open it to uh, Hebrews chapter 12, because we want to talk about running the race. You know, the Bible tells us, or the Bible describes Christianity in a lot of different ways. There are a lot of, uh, well, illustrations to, to grab our attention that all bring certain aspects to the forefront. For instance, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 26, the Bible describes our Christian life and the discipline of Christianity as a boxing match. You know, you see these guys box, and they don't just like flail away without any kind of, uh, uh, you know, pace and, and uh, precision to the punches that they throw. If they just, just flail away, they're going to run out of steam. And they're going to get beaten in the, the later rounds. And so just as a boxer disciplines himself, um, so must we as we walk the Christian walk. And so the illustration of, of boxing is used. In First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, the Bible talks about the Christian life being a warfare. He says that we're to fight the good fight of, the faith, good fight of faith. He tells us, uh, well, I think at least three times in, in 1 Timothy that we're to, to endure hardship like a good soldier, to fight the good fight, to, to fight uh, this fight of faith. Uh, it's described as, as a battle. There are hardships that come with uh, being in battle. And so we need to learn to endure those and, and be a good soldier and, and march on. The Bible describes the Christian lifestyle as a journey in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. We are pilgrims. He says that we are uh, sojourners here. We're just traveling. We're not really setting up our home here. And that's important to remember. And it tells us again, you know, that there are going to be things that are inconvenient you know, right now we're kind of living out of a suitcase. We only have to do that for about two weeks or so. But there are a lot of comforts at home that you don't have when you're just kind of living out of a suitcase. And you go to get something and say, oh, that's in that box and who knows where that is. Um, inconveniences. The Christian life will require some inconvenience. Uh, we're not at home yet. This is a journey. This is our, our traveling time. And there are inconveniences to be expected during that period of time. You don't quit because of them. You keep going on. You keep on your journey. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, there is this parallel to a race. The picture is that of being in this huge coliseum or this huge arena and here there are people and they're running this race and you're to run with endurance you're to run with a goal in mind to finish this race and that there are people in the stands who are uh, considered a great cloud of witnesses. So my question that I would like for us to look at today is how and what are the points that the Hebrew writer makes for us with reference to this race that we are running? Why compare Christianity to a race? Well, I think there are several points that we can glean from the illustration or the comparison that Christianity is like running a race. The first point I'd like to bring to your attention is that Christianity is a race that we run by faith. Do you understand that the things that you place as meaningful in your life are things you've never seen? 
Do you understand that the things that you would die for, that you would lay your life down for, are things that you've never seen? Now, I can see laying your life down for your children or for your wife or for your mom and dad. I can see making sacrifices for things that are tangible. But we are all committed to giving our lives in devotion to something that we have never once seen. All the things that you will sacrifice and deny yourself of are things you've never seen. Have you ever seen heaven? Why are we doing all this? Because we want to go to heaven. We want to be with God. Well, have you seen God? Have you seen heaven? Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Calvary? How do you know it's the blood of Christ that cleanses you of your sins? All these things that we believe in and would die for are things that we have never seen. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 that we run for a prize that is not seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, how he said, you know what? I know Him in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that He's able to keep that which I've committed to Him uh, until that day. We sing a song with those words in it. It comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 12. But what Paul's saying is, I am seen it, but I absolutely trust my God to do what He said He'll do. He is faithful. And I know that the life that I devote to Him he will take care of and He'll repay me someday. That's walking by faith. We are not also, the, we're not the first to run this race. I like, turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. It is humbling when you think of some of the things that people did before us. You know, you, you had the first oh, 30-some verses of Hebrews chapter 11 describing you know, some of the, the more pronounced heroes of the Bible. But then he gets into just a list of, of people in verse 32. And what more shall I say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also of David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped um, the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Boy, it sounds like if you have faith in God, everything's going to go your way. You're going to be victorious. And you're just going to put the enemy to flight. You just put your faith in God and things are great. No. Keep reading. Look at what else he says. Others were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world wasn't even worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. You know what? Having faith in God 
does not mean you escape the trouble of the world. What it means is you escape the troubles of the next world. You see, whether you have faith in God or not doesn't determine whether or not you'll have good or evil, ease or discomfort in this life. What it does guarantee you is that you'll be prepared for the next life. And so we, we have to trust that. So we run and we move forward and we run this race for a promise that is made to us that things will be better. But we've not seen it, but we have faith in it. You know, we sing a song entitled, Trust and Obey, for there's no other way. And that's exactly right. We have to trust God, obey Him, because there's no other. God's not going to drop it all down and let us see it. it it's a, we have to trust Him and obey Him. And He's revealed Himself sufficiently that we can place our trust in Him and know that He will keep His Word. It's a race that we run by faith. Also, here's something else about this race. We need to lay aside every hindrance. Look at chapter 12 and verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. If we're going to run a race, we, got, we have to get rid of the weights. You know, believe it or not, when I was in high school, I used to run cross country. And uh, even in cross country and in basketball sometimes, we would, we would uh, wear ankle weights. You know, I don't know if you know what those are. Probably many of you do, but it's just kind of like these things that strap around Velcro and they have sand in them to make your legs tired. And, and you run with those on and it makes you stronger. And, but you don't run the race with those weights on. You take them off. And, and then you're supposed to be, you know, in better shape and, and faster and stronger and so forth. What, the Hebrew writer says is, listen, when it comes time to race, you get rid of the weights. You know, there are Christians that haven't learned that lesson. They're trying to run the race loaded down. They got their arms, their buckets, they've got everything full because they, they want all there is. And you know, sometimes there are things that can get in the way, not even necessarily bad things, but just things that get in the way of our Christian duty and obligation, the Christian race that we're to run. Sin gets in the way. Entertainment can get in the way. Family can get in the way. You mean my family can get in the way of me going to heaven? Well, sure. Jesus himself said, you have to hate father and mother and love me more than them if you want to be my disciple. I've seen more than one mother and father lose their way in pursuit of what they think is best for their kids um, and trying to find some kind of a place for them amongst their friends. Education, money, companions, toys, all those things. Can, can keep us from running this race with the excellence that we should run, with which we should run. Lay aside every hindrance. There could be people here 
who are trying to go to heaven and they want to win the, the race and they want to finish the race, but listen, if we're to be honest, there are things that are, that are just pulling at us and, and they're weighing us down and they're keeping us from fully or wholeheartedly devoting ourselves to God. Get rid of those things. They'll keep you from heaven. Here's the third thing that we learn from this passage is that we have to run with endurance. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says that we are to run with endurance the race that is before us. The Christian race is not like a hundred yard dash. It doesn't, it isn't won by those who are speedy. It's won by those who persist, those who endure. It's more like a marathon. You know, what do they run? 26.2 miles or something in a marathon. It's hard to believe that people can run that far, but, but they do all the time. That's, that's what the Christian race is about. You know, you, you reach a point where you, you get tired. And there are other things maybe you'd want to do besides just foot after foot after foot putting your feet in front of each other. But run with endurance the race that is before you. Revelation 2 and verse 10 says, Be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. He's not looking for some bright, just, you know, you see it for a second and then it's gone. Have you known of Christians like that? People that come on and they come on so strong and, and they just seem like they're gung-ho and, and they just are frantic in their activity. And then two months later, you don't know where they are. It just burned out. God doesn't need people just to burn out. He needs people to see this through to the end. Run this race with endurance. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 says, you know, if you think you stand, you better take heed lest you fall. And then also in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, one of the saddest passages in the Bible where Paul is writing to Timothy and he says, um, <clears throat> Demas, has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Twice in two other epistles, Paul sends greeting from Demas uh, to the churches. And he says, you know, he's my fellow laborer. He's right here by my side, working hand in hand with me. Demas is my pal, my buddy. He's my co-worker. But by the time he gets to Second Timothy, when he's about to be put to death, Paul says, he's gone. Oh, he started well, but he didn't finish. Are there pews empty here tonight from people who were once faithful, who had started well, but they've lost their way, they've quit the race, they've not endured? God calls us to a race that is a race of endurance. And then finally, we have to run with a goal in mind. I get tickled. Have you ever gone to these, I think maybe I mentioned this here, but have you ever gone to these soccer games with the little kids? And, and they'll be out there, I mean like three-year-olds, and they have, they'll be out there running around, kicking the ball and stuff, and they'll spot their mom and dad. And they'll just stop right in the middle. It doesn't matter if the ball rolls right in front of them, but they're waving at their, their mom and dad, you know, because they're, they're not into the game. They're... 
they're having a fun. Or, or two of the kids, maybe they're even on opposing teams. They'll get over there and they'll see something in the grass. And they'll both be down picking at the grass, you know, as the balls are going by them. They're, they're just in another world. You cannot run the Christian race with that kind of mentality. We have to have focus. And if we don't have focus, we'll get lost along the way. I've yet to see the Olympic athlete who gets on the blocks and off he goes. And as he's running, he's looking up at the stands trying to pick out his family. doesn't happen because they have a goal in mind. And we need to have that same kind of determination. Every race has a finish line. And if we take our eye off the finish line, chances are we probably won't finish. And again, the devil is good at throwing all kinds of things in our path that are shiny and they sparkle and they make us want to stop and, and take a look. And, and if we're not careful, we can end up standing there like those three-year-olds on the soccer field and not finishing the race because we got distracted by this or that. One time I took the kids home by myself, and this is another sermon in itself, but we stopped at a McDonald's. We were going to Grandma and Granddad's house, but we stopped at a McDonald's that had this huge play area. They forgot all about going to Grandma and Granddad's. Now, they were excited when we woke up. They were going to Grandma and Granddad's. But when they saw that play area, forget about Grandma and Granddad's. We're playing. You know, and they got so distracted and would have never made it there, I suppose, had we not gotten back on track. This race that we're to run is a race that we must run with endurance, that we must run with a goal in mind. And I want you to know something, too. I know that it is difficult. And I know that there are things that have tripped you up and maybe your challenges are not mine and mine aren't yours. I understand the nature of the race. It's often difficult. But you know what? I take comfort in the fact when I read chapter 11, I see these people who did it. It's not a race that cannot be won. It's been won before. Other people before me common people before me have run this race and they have finished. And that's the whole concept of this whole great cloud of witnesses that are there saying, it can be done. And they're cheering us on. There's a great cloud, a great testimony of people who said, I did it. I finished. You can finish. There's no reason not. And the Hebrew writer even, well, if you look in verse 4 or verse 3, or verse 4, he says, and listen, you've not even yet resisted the blood. These people in chapter 11 had been cut in two, pulled apart, beheaded. You telling me that you can't finish this race when you haven't even been asked to shed a drop of blood yet? The race can be won. I'm not trying to minimize the difficulty with which it sometimes must be run, but it is not overwhelming. Folks, we are in a race, and the outcome of that race will depend on the destiny of your soul, or will determine the destiny of your soul.
I hope that we will, with determination, run this race. And I hope your race is one of speed and grace and it just all falls into place. But realistically, I know that for some of us, we're going to kind of just lumber along with our big feet and trip over them and fall quite often. And if that's you... That's all right. Just don't quit. When you fall, get back up and keep on running. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. The victory to this Christian race does not go to the swift. It's not the one who's the fastest. It's the one who endures. Who sees it through to the end. And I'll tell you, how long do we have? Even the young people that are here tonight, can you not endure? I think somebody mentioned this morning, maybe it was Gary uh, Woodall, but somebody mentioned this morning how the, the time that we have here is so insignificant in comparison to eternity. Can you not endure whatever hardship it is for, let's say, 70, 80 more years? That probably covers most of us. Not many of us will be still around in 80 years. Can you not endure that just for that long? Just keep putting one foot in front of another. Be faithful. And you know, really, before we all realize it, our time will be up. And then we'll face God. And I hope we'll all hear Him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And you have finished this race. I'm proud of you. And I want you to come home. It's not too difficult. God has not asked too much of us. Just don't give up. There may be moments when you want to. But in light of eternity, Jesus said, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world? And lose his own soul. Don't ever give up. Run this race. Let's finish well. And we will have the applause of heaven. If you're here tonight and you're not yet a child of God, why don't you obey the gospel? Why don't you begin this race? At one's baptism, you haven't finished. You've begun to walk, to run with Jesus. If you're here tonight and you need to be baptized into Christ, why don't you make that decision? Jesus said... He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. I believe that. And I hope you do too. And if you haven't done that, do that tonight. If you're a child of God already but unfaithful and you need the prayers of your brethren, we'll pray with you to the end that you be more faithful, stronger, more dedicated to the cause of Christ. If you need to respond, won't you come as we stand together and sing?